Hey guys, how's it going? Devin here. Today was a really, really awesome day, and I learned something very insightful and very important. And that is the only idea worth a damn is a big one. Now, pardon my French on that one, but that's that's the way my my friend phrased it. And it's this is a guy who has seen and done a lot in his life, an older gentleman. And he's he's been a, an amazing friend who has uh, who has really imparted a lot of knowledge knowledge to me over the past year or so. And just when he said that, so much clicked and makes made sense. So I know uh, you know Trump like him or like him not. I remember something that he said was, "You gotta think anyway, so you might as well think big." Well, going to a less controversial example, let's think about Abraham Lincoln. Physically speaking, we're not really that different from him. You, myself, the guy next door, the gal down the street, doesn't really matter. You know, he's just as human as the rest of us. But yet, he was able to operate in such an amazing way. And... What is it? What What's the secret sauce there? Well, a lot of it seems to be, of course, what he was thinking about. But not only that, but thinking big. Thinking in terms greater than himself, or most especially thinking in terms of where he is and what he is in relation to everything else. I know for the good majority of my life, I've my thinking sphere has been pretty limited. I know I'll think about, I think a lot about people that I see every single day would be the limits to what I think about. But my buddy here, the one that said that, he's, he is very different. He is constantly thinking about not so much the people that he sees on the regular basis, it seems, but the people who are making moves and shaking the world and really making things happen and not only where he is in relation to them but also where other people are in relation to them as well and figuring out how can he work with what they got going on how he how they can work with what he's going on and they and how he can coordinate it so that with all these different people, all these different pieces, there can be some amazing, amazing things that happen. And at that point, I guess, you know, that's when you're really thinking big. So on the subject of thinking big and how it reflects what, or how it relates to go journaling, you know, for go journaling, it, it, go journaling is really in no small part inspired by a beautiful book that I read called Outweighing the Devil by Napoleon Hill. And it's one of those really, really amazing reads that get you really thinking and get you thinking about the right things and most importantly, not thinking about the wrong things. And it really inspired me to have a simple goal of awakening the sleeping giant. And what I mean by that is getting people using more effectively using the resources that are available to them. Namely, their minds, their bodies, their time, and their attention. 
because if everybody was just two percent better at utilizing their mind just all at once just the world can be such a such a incredible place not that it isn't an incredible place already mind you it's but there's just so much happiness to be gained so much to be built so many incredible people out there doing such incredible things and we could have more people out there doing incredible things not in competition but in cooperation and that's re- and that's really uh, where my mind is going after learning this lesson not two hours ago really nailing down and thinking big on where does go journaling fit and the other big players in this realm where do they fit in relation to go journaling i know that uh there's another journaling system out there called bullet journaling and that's the big that's the big one and it is a and it, by the way if you have not checked out bullet journaling i highly recommend you do so bullet journaling while i I did do re- I did do some serious research on it before I started go journaling and in fact I started using it for about a year there and I am thoroughly impressed it is a beautiful system and it, but in fact I I want to make sure that go journaling can coordinate and cooperate with bullet journaling and the reason why is because Bullet journaling is a fantastic organizational system. So you know in my prompts, I've got three different types of prompts. There's organizational, there's focus, and there's reflective. Bullet journaling is a fantastic organizational system. but And, and it does actually have really good facets for focus as well, but it's very lacking in the reflective department. The beautiful thing about go journaling though and prompt journaling is that it's not mutually exclusive from bullet journaling. In fact, in my own in my own journal, I do use uh, I do use bullet journaling techniques within it while also utilizing prompt journaling techniques and templates and uh, prompts. It's it's very it's I've the point is that I've built go journaling from the ground up to be able to click in and cooperate with what's out there. And I want people to utilize Go Journaling in a part of what's out there. I fully expect that no two journals in the prompt journaling system will ever be the same. And that is because no people are the same. And that's, I guess that's where my thoughts really are going as far as thinking big in relation to Go Journaling. And thinking really big, going really deep, you know, what does re- what does go journaling mean to you? And what do I want go journaling to mean to you? And that is, I really want go journaling to be that thing that it's a, it's a small thing that comes into your life, a small easy thing that comes to your life that can be practiced with little to no effort that can help you just align everything else. It's like, it's just that one thing that you put into your life that with enough practice, intention, and, you know, application, just everything else just starts falling into place. And one, 
with doing this just one person at a time over a long enough period, I'm excited to see where Go Journaling goes. And even more importantly, what's going to do, what it's going to do for people like you. That's my big thinking on Go Journaling. And that's my big thinking on myself and where I am and what I want to do. Needless to say, this has been a really awesome thing I learned today. And I'm looking forward to thinking more on the subject. I guess for you, how can you think bigger? Maybe it'd be a good idea to do a, a uh, think on paper. Think about where you are and who you are in relation to everything else around you. Really, really take note of what's going on in your life and where you are in relation to everything else, but then even more importantly, where everything else is in relation to each other. Because it's the insights that, I can, I can see it in my friend's world, it's his insights that he gleans from pondering that all the time, where he's able to find incredible opportunities to make some amazing hap- things happen, not just in his life, but in other people's lives as well. So, where are you at? What does thinking big look like for you? Definitely let me know. In fact, I want you to send me an email at devin at gojournaling when you figure that out. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye. how's it going? Devin here. So I've learned something pretty incredible today. So starting this week, I started implementing into my grind that I'd spend at least an hour a day working on something game development related, whether that's doing market research or researching a new technology or actually working on a game, whatever that may be. You may or may not know that I originally got into computer science and development through game development, and that's where I first learned how to program, which of course makes building and managing the GoJournaling.com website and multiple other websites very easy for me. Well, I was reading an article about how to take a game to market, and I'm really digging into that because I'm trying to... I'm expanding my thinking. I'm working on thinking bigger in regards to my game development works because as much as I think about and as much as I ponder, as much, I love teaching, I love doing all this, but at the end of the day, I know that in order for me to die happy, I need to have at least one game published that I've created and to have done decently well. So I'm putting some serious thought and effort into publishing a game and figuring out what that's going to take and making that happen. Well, while I was reading that article, he, the, the guy who wrote the article, who was one of the lead developers for a game engine called Godot, he said something pretty spectacular. And he said, don't clip your wings early. And that was that's a very, very beautiful way of saying don't don't say you can't before you've even tried now something that has always uh always challenged me 
in many areas of my life is I, I had always struggled to ask for money, if that makes sense. And that, and that extends not only to, like, like I've, I've never get help from my parents, hardly ever, or anything like that. I've never asked for money from them. I've always worked on building my own living and all that good stuff. But even in the realm of my own business and what I do, like, I always struggled to ask for money. Like, that's, that's always been a hard thing for me. And uh, there... And there's been many times where I have something that I've created that I now quite honestly feel that I could or could have put up with a price tag, but you know I just put it out for free because like why bother asking? You know that's I don't want to try to I don't want to risk asking for a price. You know what would, what would people possibly think about me? But it's not like that. that that's not the way that it works. And on top of that, anyways, if I'm going to do all the time what I what I truly enjoy doing, what I truly love doing, there has to be some sort of financial exchange. There has to be some sort of way to to measure the value that I generate. That way, I'm able to take that value and use it to buy groceries or pay my rent or whatever that may be. So. I've now identified this weakness in that, that I have in just clipping my wings early. Just before I even have the chance to ask for ask for the money to financially grow myself, I just immediately shut myself down. And that's about to stop. I'm not going to do that anymore. There will be a there will, be de- there will definitely be a period of struggle while I'm learning and developing this, and I'm definitely going to be thinking a lot on it. But really what it boils down to, I need to fully break out of the mindset of Devin who struggled with jobs that he hated and just did what he loved on the side in defiance into Devin doing what he loves all the time and actually being able to, to charge and to make a living off of what he loves. And these are two very different modes, two very different places to be in. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to the future and what the future will bring. I'm actually working on an ebook right now that I'm going to incorporate into Go Journaling. It's all about building the habit of journaling. And you guys are actually getting a kind of an early sneak peek on this, but it's it's going to be an ebook that I'm going to sell for ten bucks, and it's just all about just some quick think on papers and just some basic information on how to keep the journaling habit going. And it's it's something that I've already gotten some fantastic feedback on it. I've had a I've actually sent it to a couple of you, and had you look it over for me, let me know what you think, and. I'm very excited with the results so far. So definitely look forward to seeing that soon. Anyways, that's about it. I'm looking forward to the next podcast, and you just keep doing what you're doing. Take care. Bye.
Hey guys, how's it going? Devin here. Today I learned something pretty phenomenal actually, something really, really interesting. And it all started last night when I was working on a project. So I'm diving a little bit more deeply, and this time very, very seriously into game development. And I'm writing up a plan on how I would promote my game should I you know, seek to release it. And it's actually quite fascinating digging through and trying to figure out uh, how I'm gonna reach out to my target audience, who the influences are, what news outlets do I want to talk about my game, all that sort of stuff. And what it really revealed to me is the true value of planning for the worst. Not assuming the worst, but planning for the worst. Because my, num my final numbers are based on a fraction of the reach actually taking action. So I, based on the reach that are in those numbers, it's a pretty significant number. I assume that only 20% of people will see it. And of that 20% of people will see it, 20% of that will actually, maybe actually seriously consider or look at my game. And of that, maybe 3% will actually buy and based on the numbers that I'm looking at there you know there's actually some it's actually pretty feasible I can now see why the video game business is such a booming industry and why there's so much money that is made there it, it, it actually just blows my mind and after doing this it has really given me a lot to think about in regards to I'm planning go journaling, how I'm planning play-free technologies, how I'm planning all these things, and the value of when you're planning, plan for the worst. You know, plan for a fraction of what you're planning for actually working out. And it's actually quite interesting. Um, as results tend to pile up, you know, when you plan for the worst, you're assuming like a low, low number and it can really only go up from there but but then of course as well too if there's something that you've horribly lost or that you overlooked you know there's you know there's very little room for disappointment there as well aim high but assume that a very small number will actually work out and that what it actually makes me think of is i remember reading the book i think it was Oh, what's that name, guy's name? Frank Betcher. It's a book, How I Raised Myself from Failure to Success Through Selling. Worst book title on the planet, but one of the most fantastic books you'll ever read. And one of the things that he talks about is he actually talks about Babe Ruth. So Babe Ruth, you know, he held, I don't know if it's broken, I don't know, I don't know baseball, but... He held the world record for most home runs for a long, long time. But one of the well-kept secrets was Babe Ruth also, also had the most strikeouts. And what's interesting about this, it's not that it's not necessarily that Babe Ruth hit more home runs per swing, basically. It's just that he went up and swung more than most. He made every opportunity that he possibly could to go up there and swing. And he's quoted actually saying something about the law of averages. That, you know, enough effort or enough times over time 
you know, as long as you have a, a positive average, you know, things add up for you. Things start to happen. And that's just really, really fascinating to me. And it's just caused me to completely rethink a lot of how I'm approaching planning, how I'm making things happen, how I'm, you know, testing to see if a if a concept is viable or not or if a business could possibly work. And it's just so cool, so interesting. And I'm actually really looking forward to here in the near future applying this same mindset to go journaling, figuring out where my market is and how I'm going to get in touch with them and all that good stuff. This is... <laughs> this past, these past 24 hours have been a really good 24 hours. Planning for the worst and seeing that even if the worst were to possibly happen, that you would be doing pretty darn good. Planning for that. Anyways, that's about it. Um, well, you know, maybe I should come up with a more applicable example. You know, if you plan on, you know, like for instance, I don't know. Say you got to make it to an event somewhere and you got your family in tow. Assuming the worst. So assuming that, well not assuming, but planning for the worst. So, so planning on your family, you know, cumulatively speaking, taking two hours to get ready to go to an event. When you just think to yourself, well, you know, we can probably be, do it, be ready to go in about 30 minutes. Like, well, okay. Well then, you know, Sally, she can't find her shoes. And for some reason, it takes you guys 35 minutes to find her shoes. And then Jimmy, he needs his toothbrush and his favorite doll, which is, you know, God knows where, you know, how little kids are with losing stuff. And then, it, you know, this and that and the other, and just these things pile up. You know, everybody, instead of panicking and just not having any space to move around, which actually also falls into a concept that's talked about in, in essentialism, and that is creating buffers for yourself, making sure that you have plenty of space to move. I didn't even think about that. So, you know, don't, don't plan for the best possible scenario, but plan for the worst possible scenario. So that, and what that does is that significantly reduces your risk. You know, because you're not risking trying to make things work out perfectly. If, in fact, you're betting on imperfection. I guess that's it. You know, this was... This is just so so cool and so interesting. And I, def, I hope you got some value out of this, because I know I sure am. Alright, take care. Bye.